Hello and welcome back to Just One More Opinion. I'm your host, Charlie, and today we will be discussing the Avengers sequel, Age of Ultron. We have a lot to talk about, so let's go! Before we get into the story and characters of the movie, I have to say something first. Because this movie is very special to me. Up until this film, my trips to the cinema as each MCU movie was released were accompanied by my family, my dad, my brother, and sometimes my mom. But for Age of Ultron, I decided to invite my best friend as this movie was also going to be my first IMAX experience. It was just me, my family, and him enjoying the spectacle this Avengers film had to offer, and it was really cool, but it was the beginning of something far more special. I was in high school at the time, so after Age of Ultron, I decided to invite my entire class to every MCU movie premiere, and of course still bring my family. Obviously, not all of my classmates chose to come, as superhero movies weren't really their style or they had plans for those nights. But after Ant-Man, for every MCU, or just any superhero movie in general, I would assemble a big group of friends and my family to come and watch these movies with me. And these moments, these nights, were some of the most special nights of my life. As you have probably picked up, the MCU is a very important part of my upbringing. And being able to share these moments with the people I love was truly a gift. Um, and the most remarkable cinema visit happened in 2016 for Captain America Civil War, I believe, when I also invited my cousins to join us. So we were like 20-something people watching this blockbuster of a film. Very special, fun memories over those times. Of course, with university, my life changed, and I will talk about my MCU movie experiences at that time of my life when we reached Thor Ragnarok, um, as it was the first movie after high school. But yeah, I just wanted to share this with you, um, because Age of Ultron did start a tradition of mine, and with the X-Men and DC movies also being quite prominent during this decade, I had lots of fun movie experiences with my family and a bunch of friends. But moving on, let's talk about the movie itself, shall we? There's a lot to unpack, as Avengers, Ult of Ult Avengers Age of Ultron expanded the MCU once more with the addition of new characters and a menacing villain in Ultron, voiced by James Spader. If you are interested in police TV shows that, are, that have a different spin on them, I would recommend watching The Blacklist. It stars James Spader and it's a beautiful example of his talent as an actor and a performer. I really love the character he plays and this summer my mom and I binged through the seven, the entire seven seasons of the show. So I'd say it's quite addictive as well. But anyhow, Spader voices our big bad, Ultron, who is a robot slash AI that is keen on making the Avengers extinct. His voice can be quite menacing at some points, especially when he seems to be sort of growling like strings and uh, you seem to confuse peace with like when, when he when he sort of growls at, uh, in his speech, but sometimes it can also be a bit goofy. 
and lose that sense of um, fear or shock that we should get from a villain and their plan. But nevertheless, his performance is quite unique, I'd argue. Even if upon this viewing, I realize that they didn't spend enough time with the character as they should have. And I think that's mostly due to the fact that his plan is put into motion right after he shows up, which shows a clear focus by his part, but can lead to a rather unremarkable character study. And that's because the central idea for his plan is akin to Thanos' viewpoint in Infinity War. Ultron understands that humanity has been um, the creator of chaos and destruction and has made the world into a war zone um, in some instances. So in order to save the planet, he needs to obliterate its inhabitants. And I know this is a very, this is a very gloomy perspective, but when you think about it, it reflects Ultron's wish for true peace, a peace that can only be achieved when the breeders of war have been vanquished, meaning humans. But of course, humans are not all bad. We cannot look at all of humanity and deem it unworthy to live, right? Right. right. Oh, right, yeah. So the Avengers have to stop Ultron from inflicting global destruction, you know? Um, but they are uncoordinated. Because the reason why they have to stop Ultron is because he was created by none other than genius billionaire playboy philanthropist Tony Stark. Stark has gone behind his team's back and with the help of Dr. Bruce Banner tried to harness the power of Loki's scepter, retrieved that by the team at the start of the film, and create a suit of armor around the world. Well, things go evidently very wrong, so the Avengers lose their advantage as a harmonized group. And this is the central theme of the movie, in my opinion, harmony. The Avengers need to be fully synchronized if they are to beat this new threat, but their individual actions tear the team apart. Okay, let's pause right here. I think this was a nice little setup for the rest of the movie, so let me go back and talk about other important stuff, such as the new characters, we've talked about Ultron, but now, Let's talk the Maximoff twins, Wanda and Pietro. Experiments of Baron von Strucker, enhanced by Loki's scepter and given miraculous abilities. To summarize, Pietro's fast, Wanda's weird. That's really the simplest explanation of their superpowers. <laughs> what I love about the twins is their backstory as collateral damage of Tony's past. They lost their parents because of a Stark Industries weapon, and even though Iron Man had nothing to do with that directly, they have blamed him for years. And now that they can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the Avengers, they are the perfect allies to Ultron, who desires to tear the team apart from the inside with the help of Wanda's mind-controlling abilities. We had met them in the post credit scene of Winter Soldier, as well as Baron Von Strucker, as I mentioned, and here the character, who is kind of a big deal in the comics, here he's he just killed off rather quickly and doesn't really pose an actual threat to our heroes. Um, but nevertheless, his possession of the scepter is what invites the Avengers to the city of Sokovia. And we get that awesome first fight scene. The Avengers on a mission, on a normal-ish mission. 
Um, we have a one-liner that stands out, which is language <laughs> from Captain America. And that comes back at several other points in the movie. And I thought it was really funny. And we are a bit surprised to see Tony back on his Iron Man suit, another one, after a somewhat final finale in Iron Man 3. Um, and he also has created um, an Iron Legion, kind of an update on, on his house party protocol, also from the same movie. And um, yeah, kind of defeats the purpose of that emotional victory at the end of his third film. But we'll get a little explanation in two days when we get to Civil War. So yeah, we have that, I guess. But this scene is also the first time we meet the twins. And we get another funny line from Pietro. I'm referring to, you didn't see that coming? Which again, comes back more than once in this film. An, inter an interesting moment at the end of this first battle is the Hulk's lullaby, administered by Natasha, which is just a clever way to transform the Hulk back into Banner. Like, as a calming mechanism. And I thought that the, the, anima the animation of the reverse transformation was really well done. It was um, it was fun to watch and different because we usually get the opposite of that. But of course, the inciting incident of this film happens when Tony is just feet away from Loki's scepter and is given a terrible vision from Wanda Maximoff, who meddles with his brain. And in his vision, he sees the entire planet doomed his friends dead, and he as the only survivor, and thus guilty culprit. You could have saved us, said by Steve in the vision, is what propels Tony to create Ultron. But this line, this moment, this vision, would actually haunt Tony for years to come, right until the end of Endgame. But yeah, Tony decides then to use the scepter to create Ultron, an AI who would help him and the Avengers preserve peace. And that's when the mistakes happen. Peace in our time, he ponders. A pure intention, similar to the intention of Aldrich Killing in Iron Man 3. You start with something exciting, something pure, but then... And I, yeah, I thought that was a slight sneaky comparison that I could make um, anyway. Another character we meet is Dr. Ellen Cho, and the cool thing about her introduction is that in the comics she is the mother of one Amados Cho, and Amados is also a Hulk. He's the totally awesome Hulk in the comics, you know? So I'm guessing they added her here in the movie so that in the future, maybe, Amados could join the MCU too. I don't know when, but with projects like... She-Hulk happening really soon on Disney+. Plus. I wouldn't be surprised if he shows up down the line as well. But yeah, very exciting stuff indeed. As for new character introductions, there are only a couple more important additions that happen in a later scene. When Hawkeye, Clint Barton, introduces the Avengers to his wife and kids. In a big, unexpected way. <laughs> further developing his arc and putting the stakes for the archer really high up. And it's such a sweet scene, a big a bit 
plot twisty and it helped shape Hawkeye into more of an an important character with an actual life because in Thor his first appearance it was almost non-existent really and in the Avengers he was a puppet to Loki for most of the time so yeah it was a this was a really nice development for the character of Hawkeye let's move on to the story beats so we've discussed the characters and the first scene and the next big scene happened still in Act 1, and it's the party scene. We have lots of fun stuff going on, and in general it's just awesome to see these gods and heroes in an actual party situation, with no tension or conflict around for now. Um, yeah, it's nice, it's different. Um, and of course I have to mention that Mjolnir scene. Oh my god, so much fun watching it for like the seventh time, it's still... It's still exciting and funny, now that we know more about worthiness, am I right? Um, yeah, cool setups right here. Uh, we also get a hint at a possible relationship between Bruce and Natasha. Again, very surprised at this choice. I, I wasn't expecting anything like that. Um, it's cute and all, but I just don't know if it was put here to set up Hulk's last scene in this film and the, the reasons for it. Because um, it won't really lead anywhere, I'd say, after this movie with all that went on after Ultron where the characters were. So yeah, I I don't know. It's very It's very appealing if you know it's going to lead somewhere interesting, but also pointless if it doesn't. Anyway, the party was abruptly stopped because of the poli- uh, I mean, because of Ultron, who was assembled. I was trying to make a joke, I couldn't do it. Oh my god. Uh, because of Ultron, who was assembled by Jarvis during the party, and poor Jarvis was... He was the first casualty of the new AI, or so we think. Jarvis actually survives. Later on, he plays a key role in the creation of another character, who I haven't mentioned before before because of that sole purpose. Um, Ultron reveals his plan to the Avengers, which is basically ending them, really. And even though the team is able to stop the Iron Legion bots that Ultron controls, his AI mind escapes through the internet and is ready to assemble a metal army. Like I said, the team sort of disassembles after this happens because Stark chose not to consult them regarding the Scepter and Ultron, so they begin to drift away, which is exactly what Ultron wants. Tony laughs at, at his friend's discontent and anger, saying that they, that what they did in New York was, that was it. That was the end game. <laughs> so Ultron now is a whole other level, impossible to beat, but Cap, Captain America is not happy with Stark's loser mentality and affirms that even, even if they lose, they will do it together, thus bringing back that theme of harmony, cooperation, um, yeah. And as the team looks, as the team look into ways to find Ultron, they come across some very important intel, which leads them to the country of Wakanda, and to the character of Ulysses Claw, who I also forgot to mention, sorry. But yeah, first ever Wakanda mention. 
I was so thrilled and excited when this happened. Um, yeah, uh, Claw is played by the brilliant Andy Serkis. Even though it's a small role, small performance, Serkis is just fantastic as this B-level villain. His performance is very unique and fun in this scene that he appears on. We also have a confrontation between the Avengers and Ultron, now allied by um, with the Maximum, Maximum twin twins. The... Um, the best bits here in this fight are really the, the visions that Wanda gives to the team. Visions of things lost and to be lost. Reminders of suffering and sorrow. And her mind assault on the Hulk causes him to, well, be the Hulk. In a bad way though, as it becomes a danger to a nearby town. So Tony has to put on his Veronica armor, which can also be called the Hulkbuster suit. And wow, awesome fight between the science bros. Some funny bits here and there. And you do get reminded of how big a threat the Hulk is when unaccounted for and without any sort of control. So Wanda Maximoff almost single-handedly tore the Avengers apart. They are vulnerable and... Because of this, the scale of this movie goes up and up because Ultron's plan to destroy the Avengers, who are now very much not in synchronization, not in harmony, his plan is also designed to make everyone else extinct as well by using the city of Sokovia as an actual meteor. In the first Avengers movie, New York was in imminent danger, but here the danger is much larger, much faster, and with the Avengers unsynchronized, it's hard to come up with a plan to solve this problem. And to make things worse, Ultron wants to evolve, create a new body, an android, and put inside that body the power of the scepter, which is revealed to contain the Mind Stone. Dun dun dun! Yes! Another one! Do, 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 do. Another one! Yeah, <laughs> incredible. What a reveal. Maybe it wasn't that unexpected to some people, but I think I, I was fully surprised when that was revealed back then. So yes, I, I just loved it. Um, and who didn't love it, though, was Wanda, because she finally realized what Ultron's plan was. So she and Pietro turn on him and join the Avengers. I know it was rather quick of a decision and of a moment in the movie, but I think, I don't know, I think it was, I don't know, I, lo I love these sort of bad guy turns good uh, storylines. And even though it was, yeah, kind of quick, um, spontaneous moment, I still liked it, I don't know. Um, but yeah, they escape Ultron's control, and the Avengers are able to retrieve the unborn android and the stone inside of it. Some more conflict happens as Stark decides to add a surviving Jarvis to the body, and half the team is not okay with it once more, but it is Thor who jumpstarts the process by lightening it up, and thus... Vision is born. Okay, okay. 
This is my favorite scene, without a question. Not only do we get, finally, Paul Bettany on screen as Vision, after giving the voice to Jarvis for seven years. But this scene is also, it, it just, it's just awesome. Vision is a, an android, yes, but he has morals, he has a rhetoric that is very appealing, and everything he says makes a lot of sense, even though he was just born and is not really a human person. Um, and if his intention was for any of the Avengers a mystery, and there were any doubts regarding it, when he held Mjolnir, well, <laughs> that was enough to know that newly born Vision was a trustworthy ally. Iconic scene. Just loved it. And I'm really thankful that he was introduced here so his character could grow and develop in movies like Civil War and Infinity War. Uh, and I'm so excited for the next addition to the MCU, Vision, the first Phase 4 content coming to Disney Plus on January 15. I, I just cannot wait. Really excited for that. But yeah, Vision joins the Avengers as well as the Maximoff twins and we are off to the final battle. The Avengers fight against Ultron and his metal army and try to avoid the extinction of mankind as the city of Sokovia ascends into the sky only to fall as a meteor, as a sort of meteor, and destroy everyone and everything. Uh, so, yep, yep, the stakes are very high and between saving the city's population and breaking and destroying every Ultron bot, the Avengers have their hands full, which creates some nice moments, specifically one with Wanda and Hawkeye. Uh, Wanda hides away, she doesn't believe she is capable of protecting Sokovia and she's feeling enormous guilt, but Hawkeye reminds her that if she chooses to fight, she is an Avenger. And I just thought that was a, a great heroic origin for her. Um, because it shows that she has um, a conflict inside of her that is that is that happens previously before the movie. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know. She, I think she is such a conflicted character, and that's why WandaVision, like I mentioned, is going to be such a a fresh new addition to the MCU, and I cannot wait to watch it next month. As it was expected, though, the Avengers, now in harmony, are able to stop Ultron, but not before a great loss happens, as Quicksilver sacrifices himself to save Hawkeye and the young boy. And I didn't see that coming. At the time, there was speculation that someone was gonna die in this movie, but everyone thought it was Clint Barton, Hawkeye himself, but he wasn't. And just like that, Again, Wanda's story is more and more of a story of, of tragedy. <sighs> Poor Wanda. Um, we also have Hulk leaving on a Quinjet. We know not where, but we do know why. The world has seen the chaos that the Green Goliath is. So he chooses to leave for good, not telling anyone as to where. The rest of the Avengers travel to their new HQ. Thor decides to leave Earth as well to see what is happening in the Nine Realms since four out of the six Infinity Stones have appeared in the last few years. <laughs> um, <laughs> and we, we get a great dialogue scene between Tony Stark and Steve Rogers where they discuss 
what it is to have a simple life and whether they they will get that and eventually yes they will in time so i don't know it, it's really nice when you go back and you watch these scenes and just like 30 seconds even even 10 seconds of 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 a dialogue or or a line and you and you're like wow they put this here and now it makes so much sense with what we know now um yeah anyway as for the mid credit scene if you weren't psyched enough for what's to come another appearance from the mad titan thanos now holding an infinity gauntlet and it can oh it can just fire you, fire you up to the max with excitement yeah yeah we don't know when this moment actually happened in the timeline or if it's even canon to the MCU now that we know more about the infinity gauntlet and its creation but it was still a great tease it was still a great tease and i just love that oh my god obviously now that all the movies have been released i'm i'm like yeah i know this happened and this happened and there was some time in between but we waited 3 years to see thanos again with an infinity gauntlet and when that happened when when i saw this post credit scene i was like oh my god 3 years that's so long but <laughs> now we've watched it now it's done and yeah i just oh man i just love the mcu don't you don't you i do overall i think this movie shouldn't receive as much hate as it as it does yes it is the weakest of all four avengers movies in my opinion and some of the reasons for that are that it distances its itself from the original tone for the franchise in some ways and there were some nonsensical moments in there for example um in the final battle when tony is ready to destroy the city of sokovia because it's falling as a meteor as i said he asks thor to be ready at the um, at the core at the um, at the church um and well after wanda realizes her brother unfortunately passed away she she leaves the core vulnerable so that one of the ultron bots can um turn it on he turns it on that bot that ultron bot which is just ultron really he turns it on yes and then we we see the city falling iron man trying to secure his position so he can blow it up and then in 10 seconds he says thor are you ready and he's at the core i mean did he just get there after the ultron bot turned the the core on i i thought that was a bit of a plot hole i don't know but i shouldn't waste any more time counting every um nonsensical moment and plot hole because this episode is already way too long way too longer than it should but i think it's still a solid mcu movie i'll give it an 8 in and a 7 outside the franchise i guess and yeah that was age of ultron uh, a lot of new stuff more character development that will span across years and some of it is still to be uncovered in movies like black widow next year and the disney plus tv shows also coming next year 2021 is going to be great guys and we are done with this episode wow that was a long one right i apologize if you wanted something shorter guys but this one asked for it 
it, it really did. Tomorrow we meet a new, smaller hero, so that episode should be a bit tinier, I'd assume. So, yeah, I'll see you tomorrow for Ant-Man. Stay safe and bye!